Hello everyone and welcome to episode 37 of the Artful Athlete podcast and here we are today talking about joy, 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 joy. Here in the UK some rules are being eased and we can slowly start enjoying, see what I did there, some outside world experiences and start seeing some of our friends and families and reconnect in a non-digital way. So obviously we're all easing into it and it'll take time. But it's the beginning of something new, and that's what matters. The new. I personally think there's a lot of joy to be experienced in starting something new. It's fresh, it's unknown, it shakes up the everyday, the given, the routine, it brings a new light, and that's what joy feels like. A little more light. Because when we're in a rut, when we're feeling down, that little light makes things lighter. When the days start getting longer and you're no longer waking up in the darkness, you're getting more of that sunlight and our spirits get invigorated, encouraged. It's the end of winter, it's the beginning of spring, the promise of summer, finally! If you look up the definition of joy in different dictionaries, you end up with a couple of nuances that I think are interesting to look at. In our good friend the Oxbridge-Oxford Dictionary, in our good friend the Oxford-Oxbridge Dictionary, it says that it's a person or thing that brings a feeling of great pleasure or happiness. So it's the kickstarter in a way. It's the jumping board that gets you to happiness and pleasure. It's the thing that gets you to the coveted feeling. It brings you to happiness and pleasure. Nice stepping stone to a greater emotion and a positive one at that. The Merriam-Webster dictionary has a slightly longer. In here, joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success or good fortune or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. The expression or exhibition of such emotion, a state of happiness or felicity, a source or cause for delight. So joy is something we connect to our vision of success, of the promise of achieving good fortune, good health, of possessing something we desire. Which tells us, since we're aware of our human nature, that this emotion will differ from one person to the next, simply because, well, we don't all share the same vision of what success and good well-being mean. There are some common denominators, of course, between us, but our ability to connect to joy will be affected by I want to say the clemency we give ourselves when defining our vision of what success actually means for us. Clemency, kindness and compassion. That's what helps us guide someone else back to joy. You've all cheered up someone at some point, right? When they were beating themselves down. So what did you do? What do you do? It's not that you tell them, it's that you invite them to look at what they've achieved so far. You invite them to look at the parameters of the situations they were in and how they've fared through. And usually this approach, added to a listening ear and little gestures and words of friendship, of kindness, these help start steering your troubled friend or relative back to themselves. When it comes to our own performance, our own ups and downs, things get tricky because we're our worst critique our greatest judge, and it's not making life any easier. We had specific visions of what our success was going to be, and us not making it a reality, not achieving it, means we can't be happy. We can't be joyous. And this 
affects the other points mentioned in that definition. Your ability to exude, to express, to exhibit that joyous feeling. Your ability to be in that state of felicity and bliss. Your ability to recognize any source of delight. And for this last point, allow me to point you back to sadness, guilt, fear, or even the anger episode. Because these emotions, these states of being, are partly born from our inability to recognize and connect to things that could bring us joy, delight, and happiness. Either because, you know, we're blinded to it, or perhaps because we don't see the point. Because it seems like a fleeting thing, you know, and it's not going to fix your current situation just now. But hey, a little goes a long way, and if making yourself a big plate of pasta with your favourite sauce and all the cheese, curl up in bed and watch a film can make you feel a little better for a few moments, then why deny yourself this respite? That's also what kindness and compassion to yourself means. It's listening in, seeing that something maybe doesn't feel quite right. And what can I do, not necessarily to fix it, but to at least ease the tension that I feel within. Doing something for myself is usually a good place to start. I personally like the Merriam-Webster definition because it goes to show and it reminds us that humans and human emotions are pretty complex things and that even if we all share some parameters of what joy actually could mean and be, we're the best at not recognizing its presence and the best at yearning for more. And on that topic, I'm just going to quote you a little something from Think Again by Adam Grant, which I read recently. In a productive conversation, people treat their feelings as a rough draft. Like art, emotions are work in progress. It rarely serves us well to frame our first sketch. As we gain perspective, we revise what we feel. Sometimes we even start over from scratch. Emotions are a work in progress. Always. So doing the work regularly is what's going to help us get closer to a more defined product. So now let's look at our good friend Daniel Goleman, emotional intelligence, I've mentioned this in past episodes, and what science in general has to say about this, the joy thing. So does it agree with this definition, or have we just opened the door to a completely different show? Well, help me out on this. To Goleman and... Some of the articles I read on cognitive abilities, emotions, stress, and all the science shebang. Fear, sadness, and anger are three signals that invite us to act so we can go back to our default mode, joy. That's the science vision. So joy is the default. And I was actually talking about it with one of you this week. So thank you, Gary, for the chat. Always a pleasure. If joy is the default mode, then what does that mean? What happens to being neutral to the neutral face. Isn't that meant to be my default mode? My Lecoq performers out there probably have a lot to say about this because we all remember being put in the neutral mask for the first time. I was six or seven years old for me uh, with the company I was training with. Obviously it was very well organized, it was very safe, you had grown-ups guiding you through breath because the neutral mask is... the neutral mask is this blank, expressionless, leather mask with only two tiny holes under the nostrils made with something a little bigger than the largest sewing needle in your sewing kit. And that's all you have to breathe through. 
So you have to slow down your breathing as much as possible to make it easy for the air to travel in and out. So this will have an impact on how you move as well, obviously. And when it comes to wearing this mask, you work with this face, this faceless face on your face, to get your body to that place of neutral expression, of just body being a body. And this gives you room then to explore other emotions and their expression in a physical sense later on. It's a stepping stone into emotional expression on a physical level and on stage. But it's neutral, it's not joy. And science seems to be pointing out that this joyous state should be our default, our, our neutral, I guess. But since my conversation earlier this week with Gary, I've sat down with neutral a little bit more. And to me, it's neutral is not joy, it's non-expression. It, it's a choice in many ways. And isn't it the biggest choice of all? Non-expression. I'll have to do a full episode on neutrality and being neutral because there's so much to say about it, A, and B, it's part of good communication in my eyes. But what do you think? Does it feel like joy could be that default for you? Or do you think it's something else? And with all of these information, with science telling us that joy is the default mode and that fear, anger and sadness are signals to get us back to joy, it's also putting something else into perspective. These emotions are signaling us to take time to act so we can go back to joy. And we're humans, we're chasing happiness. That's kind of what we do. So by going a bit further with this, it would mean that feelings are the result of the emotional signal to act combined with the time factor. So the amount of time we spend responding and adjusting to this signal is basically equal to the amount of time we give to our own happiness. Where does happiness live in the body, I hear you ask, because I've mentioned where the other ones lived. Well, serotonin and dopamine travel fast, once you're accepting of joyous emotions, obviously. So where do you think it goes then? Where do you think it comes from? And where do you think it lives if it doesn't have to be digested by any organ or part of the body? That's something, isn't it? I think looking through both the literary and the science lens give us a good overview of how humans and emotions function. Then it's something you can take in life which helps you connect to your emotional intelligence and ability, but it translates also over into fiction and performance realms. It gets you to understand a character's motives and behaviours and means you're also more capable of connecting to the character's emotional state in performance because you're more aware of your own You've understood the mechanics, practice and exploration in the everyday experience. Now that's the key to living and traveling through the emotional cloud and to connect to our fellow humans and get comfortable with feeling the feels and emoting. Get comfortable in the uncomfortable, get comfortable with your emotions so that you can connect with fellow humans better. And your experience of emotion can help someone else navigate their own. Remember that. And on that note, that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We're going to do one more next week, solely focusing on body parts and what physical symptoms in your posture tell us about emotional states. Meanwhile, go forth and connect to the little and bigger joys of life. But don't burn the candles at both ends, please, because that's not necessarily good for you. Have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you soon.